Okay. One night in Bangkok. I don't know. Um, welcome to the Master Movie Podcast, everybody. Ugh. Chris, you're not a virgin anymore. We took away your holiday special virginity. Why did you have to go there? Why is it always yeah, sex with you? Why is it not always sex with anyone? <laughs> My name is Herbert. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I was talking to the wrong person. All right. Um, We're all crazy. We just watched something mind-stirring and blundering. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> the wheel is cruel. The world is um, great. <laughs> the wheel is very cruel. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. News. 30 minutes. Go. Okay. Um. So, uh... Alex, let's talk about deaths real quick first. Rest in peace, little Richie. Rest in peace, little Richard. Richard, sorry. I got Lionel Richie and little Richard mixed up. I was going to say, I don't want people to think Lionel Richie died yet. <laughs> but little Richard, yes. Uh, pioneer of rock and roll. If you listen to a lot of his early stuff, um, it's pretty awesome. Uh, but he is a weirdo. And I'm sad he's gone. Uh, also, Siegfried uh, and Roy. Roy died. That's very saddening. He didn't die to a tiger, did he? No, he died of COVID. Uh, that's less sad. That's, uh, that's more sad. I was going to say, what? <laughs> uh, it's less expected. I'll say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I should say it's less expected, more sad. Those are the uh, those are the big ones I can think of right now, but more more people are dying. Yeah. Um. Past that, um, I think like two. Oh, crap, like the leader of craft. One of the leaders of Craftwork. Oh God, I love Craftwork. Years ago. Uh, two things I think. Other than that, kind of ended. Uh, we'll we'll get to the second one because that's gonna port us over into the big news thing. But uh. Well, the- now. <laughs> pronoun no, 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 no i'm getting there uh the first thing is the dc animated movie universe ended on wednesday with the release of justice league dark apocalypse war justice league dark apocalypse war yep yep i believe that's the name you say it together so it's a jumble uh, yeah um, this okay. is a movie universe that DC has been cultivating in their animated direct-to-DVD line since 2013 with the release of Justice League, The Flashpoint Paradox. Uh, and it was really good, surprisingly. I was very impressed. For anybody who's uh, of Matt Ryan's Constantine, he's in it, and that's always great because people seem to love Matt Ryan as Constantine. Yeah, um... You said that he's in. He's basically been every, every, uh, not every, but a bunch of different incarnations of him outside of the Keanu movie. Actually, he's been every instance of him beyond the Keanu movie. I mean, I'm sure there's probably some like '90s bits where he shows up in cartoons. Oh yeah, I mean, there might be a random Hellblazer thing that he shows up that he's not in. But like, ever since the Keanu movie, it's 
been Matt Ryan for the most part. Well, I guess the question. I guess my question is: Was he the voice before he did the NBC show, or was he the NBC show and then went on to? Do he the was voice? the voice, and then because the voice of his voice, he got the NBC show and continued to do the voice. Interesting, because the NBC show is in the Legends of Tomorrow. You know, is in the Arrowverse. Yeah, it got canceled on NBC, and he, they just shoved him over to Legends, and then it turns out people liked him, and he stayed on. He stayed on. Yeah. Time. Well, what's ironic is that the NBC show was really good. NBC had the, yeah. has this horrible knack for canceling things are really good. Uh, well, I think the problem was is that everything else was on the CW, and Constantine well, yeah. was on NBC. So I the think that, is that, well, the same, that was the same deal with Supergirl, though, and that WB got Supergirl at the end of the day. That's the thing. They learn from their mistake. Now they don't produce any more stuff outside of it. They, like, yeah. stick to the CW pretty much. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hellblazer, uh, great comic series. John Constantine's a really fun character. Uh, Matt Ryan's basically just killed the role, which is kind of awesome. Um, and the Keanu movie. Alex likes the Keanu movie more than Matt Ryan, and that's fine. That's your opinion, even though it's wrong. <laughs> I mean, opinions can't be wrong, but that's certainly... Uh, I just liked the Keanu movie. I wish they had done it. I don't think it's the best version of him. I do like Matt Ryan a lot, but I also think that Keanu... I, I just think it worked. He's always aimed for this kind of dark asshole character, and he's done it a lot with movies like Street King. And yeah. he's aimed for four, but I, I honestly think that would have been the best thing for him. I that think... was like he was the hero, but he was also just this jerk to everybody who was dying of cancer and didn't care. Yeah. So the thing I've noticed, and this is uh, this might just be my own personal complaint with Keanu Reeves as a whole, is that oh, to me, and this is has nothing to do with Keanu's acting talent or anything. I just think he sounds very monotone a lot, and yeah and, but I, I think that he nails it in that one because he's like a monotone or not i think he nails the attitude yeah, yeah well, no, 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 don't get me wrong he the attitude's top-notch perfect i just think that matt ryan loses a bit of the monotone and has more of the the british jackass sort of dialect that goes with that do you you know what i mean yeah he's just a british version of an asshole yeah well well john constantine is british that's the thing I know. But that's beyond the point. Well, uh, what I'm saying is that there's when you have an American asshole and you have a British asshole, I get what you're saying. But I, I liked I liked Keanu. I, th- I thought it worked. I also just liked the look of the movie. I thought the story was stupid. The story was predictable and dumb and just... Yeah. I wasn't a fan, but I, I did think that he and the world were great. Yeah, well, that, uh, and for that's... the show, I love Legends, and I love Constantine being on it, and I liked Constantine the show. I thought it got a bad rap when they tried to spread those shows out to different networks. Those networks weren't happy about it, so like it had a it had an uphill battle to begin with. And I'm glad he's still going out, and he's got all these other outlets. But um, I'm a huge fan of Keanu. I just always have been. I pushed for him in a lot of things. I've watched all his weird stuff. I've watched the movie he directed. I watched the movie he produced, where he interviews directors. Like I. I love Keanu. That's just the way that I work. As for Constantine, the guy has been doing the voice and the show on another show after his show got canceled for a reason. He's good. I'm not saying he's not good. Yeah. Um, 
I just like that world more than anything, and I like Sukiyanu playing a, a, an anti-hero. That's how yeah. I felt with him. He was doing the right thing, but he just like wanted to go home and smoke more than anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I love. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, so I thought it was really cool. It was a good ending to that line of uh, movies that I've been on and off watching. I mean, I I like pick them up. Sometimes I'll watch them two months after they come out. Sometimes I'll watch them a year after they come out. Uh, but there's only been a few that I've watched, like, the day they came out. This one was one of them. I saw Flashpoint the minute I knew it was coming out. I was like, I love that storyline. I want to see it. Uh, th- this was also the reboot Suicide Squad anime movie that was really fun. There, I mean, you can find clips from this, this movie universe all over the internet. I mean, they're everywhere. Um... So there were like fifteen movies, right? Yeah, there's fifteen movies in this in this in this animated uh, series. Uh, well, I guess franchise. Yeah, surprisingly, uh, you know, I always jokingly said the one thing that DC always did better than Marvel is that they had better animated movies. <laughs> you, I've heard that before. I've, I've, that's consistent. Too. If, if you want to watch good, if you want to watch good animated. Movies about superheroes, you go watch the DC animated universe, uh, movie universe. I mean, I like them, and they do have good casts, and they do have good stories they take from comics. I think they understand their characters very well, uh, but yeah. I think the animation's a little lazy. Um, I think the Art yeah. Deco style works against it. Yeah, um, I can understand that. I think that, um, yeah. It feels very Art Deco. Um, there was a couple great movies overall. Like I liked the Teen Titans movie; that was really fun. Uh, a lot of people say Batman: Bad Blood is one of the best in the whole franchise. Um, Batman: Bad Blood. What you gonna do when he's coming for you? Yeah, I know. That. But yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun. Uh, so speaking of other things, ending Chris. Uh, the Clone Wars ended on Monday. All right, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, we're going to talk about it, aren't we? So, Chris, you... I need to do some catch-up quick. Hold on, let me catch up. Because I've been having meltdowns for the last three episodes. I I appreciate it, because I've, like... People are talking about this ending, and you have been holding back a little bit. Okay. Sneak, sneak, sneak. Let's start with Chris. What did you think of the ending? No, I need to catch up first. Okay. Oh yeah, let him let him let him run gamut for a while. Yeah, go 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 ham a little bit, Chris. So, Clone Wars, uh, season seven, episode ten. I forgot the title of it. Uh, it's coming to me. No Google. There's no Google. Um, uh, do you want me to go look? Battle up of Mandalore. The battle for Man- Siege of Mandalore. Okay. Um, Got it. It's going. the best lightsaber duel we've had in years. Um, Who's it? And Ahsoka and Darth Maul. Now, um, and like, excuse me, I gotta choose my words carefully. It's, this is where I fall apart. Um, and like, uh, man, the, the, 10, the, by the way, episode 10. That's called The Phantom Apprentice. Phantom Apprentice. Okay, we don't. I don't know which one is which. Anyway, so I'm here. Um, it can apply to both. It can apply to both. Anyway, yep. so 
Phantom Apprentice. Okay, so it's just like Phantom Apprentice was like really good in that it's it picked up from where the last one it it just continued the um, old friends not forgotten um, where the siege of Mandalore has begun. It just continues through that all the way to the end where Maul is captured and gosh the lightsaber fight was so good and the dialogue was good. Every, the God, this show looks so good. Okay, and then there's uh, Shattered, which is not as action-heavy. That's when Order 66 finally happens, and Ahsoka has to defend herself through this maze of corridors called the, a, a Venator-class Star Destroyer that, according to our headcanon, someone got lost in for a week, which is funny, um, because there are no signs. Um... <laughs> it's just a funny it, isn't it not a funny visual just watching like some random rookie clone getting lost in, in a Star Destroyer because there are no signs anywhere it's like hey where's the cafeteria hey, like where's the elevator I don't like have you seen have you seen CT blah blah blah, blah. like I don't know where he, he's been gone for a week is there a channel where I'm supposed to get the directions through my helmet <laughs> <laughs> um so, that'll always be in my head from now on. Um, but yeah, Order 66... are like the size of planets. You're like, yeah, dude, if you get lost, you're fucked. Um, so, and then Order, so Order 66 happens, right? And right. Ahsoka has to fend, her, fend for herself against this ship full of clones that were once her friends and that have their helmets decorated after her. And it's, and then she cuts bait because they captured Maul, but then she cuts bait and says, "Go run loose. You're the distraction." Like almost as if I don't care if you escape, just be a distraction. Um, which is, would, which is crazy. It it's crazy in the long term, but smart in the in the in the uh, in the, in the moment. Um, decision. It's a it's a good it's a tactical move. So, she then gets a hold of Rex, or she figures out what's going on. Okay, the clones have turned against the Jedi in mass, like, the entirety. And so yeah. she gets Rex, bring, takes the chip out of his head by taking him to the infirmary. And, um, and, it's, and then Rex, once Rex comes to, um, he's, he's like, this is... Wide, like all the Jedi are dead, essentially. Save you. Um, Stop for a second. Do you think this is a good idea? Wouldn't it have been interesting if they had explained the P the stormtroopers that had are that had rebelled later in Skywalker that some of the leaders were clones that had gotten the chips taken out of their heads during the Clone Wars? They not did. gonna comment. Not gonna comment. Um, I'd rather not. Do you ponder. think it's a good idea? They're not going to do it. I don't know anyone's going to do it. I literally just thought of that in my head right now. Would that would that would that work? Is that too much time? I don't know. They um, already I just want to see a fun idea. Wait, so like it's in Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, because remember in Rise of Skywalker, there was a bunch of like the, the the woman that hangs out with uh, Finn with the horses with the six legs. Those are all stormtroopers that rebelled. So they never explained. Ah, uh, got it. Okay. And interesting. Yeah. Like. For All right. Fun. Yeah, that would. I guess that'd work. Um, for fun. Um. 
So then, victory and death. Um, so this is the best Star Wars. This is the best Star Wars has ever been in maybe years. Um, better than Mandalorian. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's the end of the show. That's that was a dumb question. It's the end of an entire series. Never mind. (laughs) Um, I have okay. So for context, and I have to get this off my chest. Zach wanted me to watch it a day early. I said no. I wonder why you would watch it two hours early. No, a full day early. Two hours. That counts as a full day to me. You wanted me to watch it on YouTube on 1080p. No, I am paying to use Disney Plus. I will use Disney freaking Plus. My mom raised me well. I, I didn't know. send it to English, I, but thank you very much. But that's okay. That is $7 a month. I am using it. If I wanted... Listen. If I wanted to watch Clone Wars on YouTube, I would. But I am paying for Disney+. Plus. So In fairness, why? And the best copy is going to be there anyway. I didn't send a YouTube link. You did! I sent you... No, he sent the YouTube clip for the movie we watched tonight. No, you he did. He did okay. send a link through the chat. You I, said I could you look it up, but I don't. Anyway, I, I, be, I, be, I so I did not watch from. it when you asked me to. I did not. That's fine. And I definitely muted you. When I said <laughs> muted, I mean it. I want to be clear here, Chris. Before you go you real say. on me, I, I said muted. I meant it. I know, I know, I know. I just want to point out that the link I sent you was to my anime streaming site, not to YouTube. That's disgusting. Anyway, so... Oh, wow, rough. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why you would send me that. That's gross. Anyway, um... Because, yeah, sure, it's anime. Anime is on that site. Anime. No, guys. Anime. Some anime. Anyway. I want to be clear, Chris. You seem very offended by anime. I'm not offended by anime. I'm offended that you sent me a link to an anime site in which I don't know what it is. (laughs) What kind of anime is on there? It's not... That's super funny. It's uh, uh it's a it's actually ironically where I find a lot of like my Miyazaki movies, truthfully. Uh <laughs> I also do watch that Harley site Quinn. could hold anything. It actually has a no 18 plus policy, but that's okay. I did not know that. That was not made clear to me. I did not know what that link was. You could have asked. <laughs> I no, I didn't want to get into it. Anyway. You judged. You judged. Yes, Chris, you judged. I did judge. I don't think I was out of line. I don't think I was out of line. You have a good point that you should be skeptical of any anime site that is sent your way. But you should have asked questions, investigated. No. Benefit of doubt, innocent until proven guilty. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) Victory and death. Um, (laughs) Phenomenal. Alex, watch the damn show. Now is the time. Now. Now. Right now. Stop. I will stop recording and we will watch it right now. The whole, all seven seasons right now. 
No, I want to watch the other stuff in order. I want to watch it all in order. Yeah, we're going to watch it all in order right now. Let's stop the recording right now. The movies, everything. <laughs> hey, Chris. Hey, Alex. Alex. Um, Alex, just get oh, Disney+. Oh Plus. It has all, all nine movies, both TV shows, and Mandalorian, and they even have a documentary series on the making of Mandalorian. Or, or do what Zach did and just get on, get it on, get a bootleg on YouTube. That too. I didn't get a bootleg on YouTube. I already have most of the Star Wars stuff available, just the Mandalorian and the Clone Wars and all that stuff. And yeah, I'll get to it. Like, yeah, I mean, hey, I I want you guys to get the stuff too. You won't watch you you don't watch stuff I suggest sometimes. Cool, cool. You jets, Holmes, Home skillet. <laughs> Relax, Daddy-O. What's going on? Not gonna, not gonna lie, though, Alex. Back to Willow. You, you should get Disney Plus, though. It is great. I have Disney Plus. Back I just to... don't know the password and username. I haven't asked for it. I just, I'm not in a rush. I have so many other things. I'm busy watching, you know, Indiana Jones shows to let you guys know when he's in blackface. I did that for you. <laughs> I actually watch the adaptations of stuff. I'm going to watch Surf Stuff, too, all right? Anyway, back to Willow. Indeed. A chapter of my life is complete. Like, when I, when I watch it, I'm like, I'm done. That's it. It's over. So, Chris, what did no, no, you... No, 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 hold on, hold on. Almost, almost done, almost done. Okay. What I mean by that is, like, I just, like that's, like... I feel like it's all wrapped up now like what is uh, like every like i feel like ugh, everything in a sense like it ties up like almost everything it ties everything together that happens before the, a new hope sorry could you repeat that it happens before a new hope it ties up it ties together everything that happens before a new hope Yes, but I felt like it extended out across everything we've gotten from Disney up until this point. Because of like, Rebels? Everything, I feel like everything's tied up now. Everything's tied together. Everything wow. just like, it's, everything feels complete. And why do you think And we're getting is? more. Um, <sighs> hmm... I think it's because of Rebels. Because that's the show yeah. that bridges the gap between three and four. And also well, answers... Rebels, Rebels bridges well. the gap from from three to Rogue One. It counts! It no, does I, I agree. matter! I agree, Chris. I'm, not, I, I, I get, I'm get just trying to understand things about the shows like rebels has a lot of the characters carry over from clone wars it, it answers some of the questions from there too so like i'm when you're saying this i'm trying to take into consideration rebels as well correct yes cool i'm just trying to i haven't seen either one of these shows i was not aware of about some oh, some things that happened in between either one of them some things get confusing but i have heard that rebels does tie things over from clone wars when characters come in and like just like um, I don't know which one happened first or how long Rebels has been going, but that, that's all I'm trying to figure out. Like, because I'm going to be watching this chronologically when I watch it again. I want to watch it in the order that shit happens in, not the show. I'm going to watch the show 
just on its own, but where it happens so, within the world of the saga, that's where I'm going. So, Chris, uh, Alex, here's the order chronologically. Okay. It goes one, two, three. Actually, one, two, Clone Wars, three, uh, yeah. Rebels, Rogue One, four, five, six. Where's uh, Hodge? Well, oh, uh, sorry. Uh, Solo takes place before Rebels? Okay, 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 okay. I yes. feel like it takes place... I think it... Okay, yeah, you're... Go on, you're right. All right, go on. It takes place before Rebels, sorry. So it's... So it's... One, two... It's one, two, Clone Wars, three... Why are you asking me? You're the expert. I, I'm just trying to confirm, Chris. You know more than I do. Uh, three... Whoa! Uh, Solo, Rebels, four, five, six, Resistance, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, Mandalorian. Wrong. No, wrong? can't be after that's production. Of what are you talking about? What's wrong with you? Yeah. No, he's doing chronological. He already said that. Why'd you see the Mandalorian <laughs> last? Because Mandalorian takes. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm stupid. Sorry. Mandalorian takes place after Return of the Jedi. My bad. Yeah, that's yeah, that makes way more sense. I don't know why I thought about that, Chris. This is why I need you. No, no, you don't. Really, you don't. Um, (laughs) Mandalorian takes place between six and seven. My bad. So anyway, I just hit the cooking show segment of the special again. So, so it goes, Return of the Jedi, Mandalorian, uh, Resistance, uh, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, uh, Rise of Skywalker. Either way, satisfied. I am a happy customer. So, okay, yeah, you said you, so you feel like this tied a lot of things together for you that you yes. haven't felt in a long time. Yes. Good. I am happy with where the timeline is now. Moving on. No, no, no. Here's the thing. So, we're in between all the movies. Mandalorian's in between six and seven. That's pretty yes. much it. Now, we're getting gonna we're gonna get stuff before episode one, and 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 that's basically where they're gonna go from now from now on, more than likely. The menace. I before Phantom Menace. Yes. I think we're gonna be jumping around a lot, probably, but. No. But yeah, so. the next major series that we know about, it takes place during High Republic, which I think they said was, what, 300 that's a, years? That's a, 300 that's a years book before Phantom Menace, right? That's a book series. That, that's not... That's a book series and a comic series, but that's not TV. I heard that... that, that you heard was... wrong! <laughs> I don't want them to go before Phantom Menace. Go forward, guys. Please go forward. Thank you. Like, I, okay, listen, all, like, everybody's gonna be like, we want Knights of the Old Republic, we want Knights of the Old Republic, like, that's the video game that everybody got hooked on during the prequel era, and I'm like, I never got hooked on it, because I'm not interested in that era, personally, and plus, there's always gonna be that inevitability to it, sure, yeah, Rogue One was fun, but there's just an inevitability to whatever, to everything that happens before Phantom Menace, it almost and, seems like the exact that I used for Clone Wars that you keep begging me to watch. Like, 
I want them to go forward. They're not going to do it because the sequel trilogy is still sour to everyone. Yeah, they want people. They want people to just deal with that taste in their mouth and then swallow it. Hey, Chris, I, I sent you. A, I, I sent you a link. Anything I want you to, after to episode nine, something. nothing. Not for millions of years. If we make it that far, we won't. Um, <laughs> hey, Chris. Just hold on. Let me look at this real quick. Don't even explain this to me. Blah 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 blah. Um. Which did the announcement, which did not include any news about upcoming films and TV shows, describes the way the four chromium media takes place in an era when the Galactic Republic and the Jedi Order are at their zenith about 200 years before the events of the Phantom Menace. That's old. So old that Yoda would be sprightly 600 year old lad at this time. It's about as old as I feel. Um, a 600 year old lad? Not you older. With the leaks. Will not overlap any of the films or series currently planned for production. Duh. Um, but that's not to say we will never see the old days of the Republic on film and TV. Okay. Yeah, well, they're basically. So this says. Up. So this says. What? This basically confirms that the next Star Wars franchise is taking place during the High Republic era. After it's the High Republic be in era. Books and it said nothing about movies. They said it's that there's a movie. But it's not connected to that. But it is. But it's not. It doesn't look at this. It says that... we might, but not nothing confirmed. Confirmed is important. Need confirmation. Confirmation, sir? I all right. Or I'll... firing. If this is confirmed, Zach, I mean, I literally, there's literally a source yeah. saying that like the next Star Wars saga is going to take place during an era called the High Republic era. It sounded like a setting is 400 years before the Skywalker saga. This new saga set during a time that this rule of two has been established by Darth Vader. Yoda is a Jedi, but isn't the old Jedi we know from the Skywalker saga? Now start start that again from the beginning. The next. Sources from Lucasfilm. 30 seconds. Are saying that the next Star Wars saga, the next movie. Series, it's not High Republic! Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait, wait no, but that, do you consider that a confirmation, though, or do you consider that just like the person has sources? I mean, sources can be. It's not like officially announced. Not, but, yeah, that's a, no one officially announces things through sources, though. Sure, yeah. Sources are saying that the next series is going to be during the High Republic era. Sweet. So then it's the, it's the sources of the reporter. It's, it's not, not, it's not the High Republic. There's the bell. Anyways, let's talk about what was said this week involving Sam Witwer and Ryan Johnson. It's we just and I just gave you a half an hour. The timer's up. You had your shot. Whatever. It yeah, it's not really that important anyway. I don't really. Okay. I'm not really. Sure. You decided to complain important. about the High Republic. We decided to debate that. It's I mean, okay. I wouldn't even I was, say it was really a debate, but sure. I was talking about Clone Wars, and then I was talking about how we're. 
all the stuff's gonna come before, and then you decided, oh, High Republic, it's gonna be all these movies and comics, all these movies and TV shows. I'm like, no, they never said movies or TV shows. They and maybe that's gonna be a thing, but no, they did not say that was gonna. They did not confirm that was gonna be a thing. It's just books and comics. So far. Fair. So far. But I doubt it. Okay, Chris. <sighs> you know what depressed me? Talk about Sam Wentworth. Okay. I just yelled at you for like an hour and a half. I don't so care. let's talk about the holiday special, shall we? Do you wait Okay, no. okay so that's not. All right, fine. We'll keep us up. You know what we didn't talk about that I just remembered, actually? Boba Fett coming back? Uh, well, that. and uh, Boba Fett's coming back, Alex. They're bringing back more dead people. <laughs> he came back in the old non, non-canon stuff, though, right? The old DVD? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really know why they should bring him back. I don't really see the point to it. In Mandalorian Season 2. There was one specific thing that we did miss. Um, you're pregnant? Yes, I'm pregnant. It's no, gonna wait, be- wait, 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 wait. Alex is pregnant. Yes. I did oh my god, you guys. I, I, oh god, I was gonna surprise you. It was gonna be a big thing. It is a nice, healthy piece of poop. I'm pregnant with some poop. I know. <laughs> Great. Uh, no, that, uh, Taika Waititi is going to direct a Star Wars movie. Uh, right. But then everyone will hate that one, too. No, we didn't talk about that. No, we did not talk about that last week. Um, it wasn't even said last week. and We just got it, like, yesterday. Yeah, well, four days ago, but yeah. I was going to say, that's why I was confused. Um, uh, I don't think people are going to dislike it. Um, you, once again, you're underestimating us. <laughs> I think people like uh, Ragnarok a lot, and they like the humor of that. I can't imagine putting that in a Star Wars movie. That's the same humor they complained about in the Last Jedi. Yeah, but no, he's already made something though, right? In the Star Wars, he made a, a Mandalorian. Mandalorian season finale. Yeah, so he made stuff in the world before, and people liked it. Yeah, sure. So he's got a, a one-up. What you don't think people like the season finale? No, I'm not that. But more like he did contribute to the world. Go on, go on. All right, that's I'm gonna have to think about it. I haven't one. seen I haven't seen it. He just directed the last episode and starred in a role. Beyond that, I'm not sure what exactly he contributed. That's what he contributed. Okay, then well, this well, let me put it this way. There, there when I was watching the Indiana Jones series. You could tell that there were some episodes directed by the same guy. His name's Carl Schultz. And he had the same sort of tone, and he set the tone for the show. But every now and then, they would get somebody else. Carrie Fisher wrote an episode, and you can tell it's a very, like, female-oriented episode. There was an episode made by a guy who did, um... Oh, my God, please tell me Indiana Jones was in drag. He, I will tell you something better. Okay. He was, <laughs> he was on stage in a opera about an orgy and for a good i'd say two minutes 
He's just thrusting. He's just thrusting his dick. Just dick thrusting. I am not kidding you guys. He's using his sign SOS to people in the balcony through the lights. So he there's like good sections of the episode where he's just like just pelvic thrusting on a stage, and people love it because it's an opera ba- about an orgy. So he gets away with it. It's like, like, He's just, just shaking and shaking and just like, and I'm like, oh my God. But the episode is made by one of the guys who used to do the Monty Python movies, who directed all the Monty Python movies. So the camera's everywhere. It's so different. It's got such an energy to it that you never see in any other episode because that's his style. So I'm wondering if I watched that last episode and compared it to other episodes, if I would notice his style. I'd notice Favreau's Okay, style. okay, okay. Yes, you would. You would notice. That's that's the thing. If people liked that, if people were cool with his style being in that universe, he's got a one-up on anybody else who gets a job. Except for Ryan Johnson, who has also made a movie that people didn't like, mostly. Anyway. My expectations for this fan base are low. I don't know what to expect anymore. I don't know what they want. Fan base. Just care about the product that's given to you. Agreed. That's all you can do. Mm-hmm. The fan base are going to get butthurt about a lot of random stupid shit that they shouldn't be butthurt about. But at the end of the day, Chris, if you like what people are putting out and if they're put out by directors that are interesting, I oh, think... Oh, we're going to get into that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we will. Then I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think Taika Waititi is a... Vi- or Watiti, sorry. I say Waititi. <laughs> Why PT? Because his first name is weird. Isn't that a character from somewhere? It's funny because that's not even his last his real last name. His last name is Cohen. It's Taika David Cohen. Like I, I don't because he's Jewish. Like Oy vey. he well yeah, he's half Maori, he's half and half Jew, Russian Jew. Like he's such a weirdo. Um Puzzle tough. <laughs> Come on. Something like, well, yeah. Um, don't <laughs> He's a hot name in Hollywood right now. Everybody he wants. is. He is also an anomaly and in the best way possible. Oh, no, I agree. Well, you got to look at it from this. He's an Academy Award winner now, which is a big deal. He was not only nominated for Best Picture, he won Best Adapted Screenplay. So people know he's a good fucking writer. Here's he, the thing. He okay. single-handedly brought the Thor franchise back from the brink of death. He he made a great episode of Mandalorian. What we do in Shadows and Hunt for the Wilder people are both great movies that people love. Jojo okay. Rabbit's just hilarious. Okay, okay, that's all well and good. He could do the best job he could possibly do. Everyone will still hate it. Sure, but it'll be the our- best Star Wars movie in years. Everyone will hate it. That's just how yeah, it is. That, that, that can happen, yeah. Sometimes yes. time is all that we need. I agree. I mean, do I think that there's a chance the fan community could hate him? Yes, but I, I think that's less likely because he made episode eight of Mandalorian. And people seem to like that. He made episode eight of the Mandalorian. <laughs> I have questionable things to say about Bryce Dallas Howard as an actress, but she The Sanctuary was a reasonable episode. Apparently it was the hardest one, and uh, Favreau threw her into the fire. Yes. That was in the 
uh, documentary series, Chris. I'm glad you saw it. I didn't see it. I read something about it. Yes. Um, I, again, I think Taika Waititi... Why do I say that? Watiti. <laughs> this is going to be a thing. This is going to be a thing. Hashtag Wakiti. Michael Wakiti. He is Marvel's yes man when it comes to weird shit now. They had James Gunn for whatever reason. He's coming back. He is coming back. I don't know how what's gonna happen with that. But since his his left, Taika Watiti has been their yes man of the weird movies. He's he has single handedly oversaw a lot of what James Gunn was overseeing, and he is their guy. We also, I think, I believe we have uh, we have a bunch of directors now for season two on that too, uh, because we know that. Um, Rick Fuyama, Fuyuga, John Favreau, Peyton Reed, Robert Rodriguez, and Carl Weathers are all Ooh. directing episodes. Oh, and Filoni's directing an episode again, too. Ooh. Wouldn't it be funny? What? If it came out that, like... Okay, so, like, he... I get that he directed an, an episode of The Mandalorian and starred in it. And a few... And then, like, three episodes? What if, like... It comes out that as he's directing a movie on his own, like okay, so like, what if it comes out that Kathleen Kennedy doesn't like him, but everyone's gonna say, but but he directed an episode of The Mandalorian. This is like, okay, Kathleen Kennedy likes John Favreau, sure. and John and he and she trusts John Favreau. But when it's just Taika and Kathleen Kennedy in her room. It just turns into another Lord Miller. I am not optimistic about this. Why am I not optimistic about this? I can understand, <laughs> I understand your, your lack of optimism, but I think that Kathleen Kennedy understands that there's a reason why, for example, Kevin Feige likes Taika Watiti so much. <laughs> and I think that Kennedy trusts him to just do his thing. And... Obviously, John Favreau and him are very close friends because they've been friends through Kevin Feige, basically, and they've they've worked together for a long time now. I think that Kennedy is going to be very off, very hands off with what you We will see about that. We will I mean, see we will, about I mean, that. I, I I can see Chris that you are on the negative side. You're on the more nihilistic side about. No, no, no. no. I'm are. happy for him. I'm sure he'll do a great job. No one will like it. That's nihilistic. That's what I'm talking about. That last part of what you just... You had me till the end, is what I'm saying. Like, okay. that last part is stuff you didn't say before, I would say, Rise of Skywalker came out. So, this is this is the thing. Like, I... The difference between Taika Waititi, Taika Waititi and... <laughs> um, <laughs> Lord, Lord and Miller... <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't say it. I can't say it now. I can't say it now. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's going to be in So, uh, the difference Michael between Tyka <laughs> and Phil, Phil, uh, uh, Phil Lord and Miller are the Lord and Miller are and are, are um, 
anarchists. Their material, Clone High, uh, Lego Movie even, uh, and the 21 Jump Streets, they're about anarchy. They're about deconstructing things that people are used to. They're also about improv. They're about disrupting the system for everyone to be benefited by it. That, that, is, their, that is their idea. And their sense of humor is geared towards that. So they looked at Star Wars, saw all its rules, and were like, well, we can tell a story that's very Star Wars, but we don't have to use your rules. And in fact, we'll probably kind of dismantle them a little bit because that's what they did with Legos. Like they sold Legos under the idea that like, like uh, corporate takeover is bad, which is interesting. But that's, the, that's their idea. Whereas Taika is a nice guy. He just wants to have. He just wants people to have fun. He's a sweet dude. Like, look at his flight of the Concord stuff. It's just very also, like, genial. He doesn't. He's about disrupting seriously. the system. He's about. He's not just about disrupting the system. He's about coming in and like uh, everyone. Let's have a good time. You know, like he's core. I've discovered about guys, Taika. The thing I've discovered about Taika is that Taika always has tried to find the humor in every situation. I mean, the best example of it is Jojo Rabbit. This is a movie that generically is not funny. Nothing about what's going on in that film is funny. It's super serious. <laughs> what? Disagree. I think there are large chunks of that movie that are like... Well, you know, I know, I know. I know. Like, satire, like straight up satire. Of fascism and basically like brainwashing these kids to believe this isn't a funny thought. But Taika has found a great way to find a lot of humor in it, and he's created situations that are very humorous. Like, the Heil Hitler scene is, like, the best scene in the world, and it's, like, this very menacing scene, but it's so broken down by silliness because they keep saying the same thing for about five minutes. Again, not his idea taken from the movie to be or not to be. But also no, a really good movie. But, but again, he finds the humor in things, and he loves... For, he, he doesn't... He doesn't try to deconstruct things. He just tries to find the humor in everything. His intention is not necessarily to disrupt anything. His intention is more about involving everyone. Yeah, is to have a good time, not take things <laughs> too seriously. And the thing is, if you make a show, uh, if you make an episode of Mandalorian, my guess is that's what that show is also. It's a calling card for directors that may be good at making a Star Wars movie later. That's the thing. You get an episode and people like your episode and, and they're like, oh, okay, well, maybe that person can get a movie. Taika was the person they probably enjoyed working with and also enjoyed the product he gave. Yes. I mean, I know that people have complained about one single thing that he did in Mandalorian. I actually think it's super funny as hell. But, <laughs> and Chris, I hope you know which one it is. Yeah, I know. That there's, there's one shot where... Uh, the one of the actors, uh, what's what's the actor's name? It's um, it's uh, Polly, Baby Yoda. Yeah, the dude who punches Baby Yoda straight. That was Jason Sudeikis. Jake, Jason Sudeikis, punching Baby Yoda. Oh my god! Okay, Sudeikis, punching Baby Yoda. People didn't like that, but it was so funny. Yeah, he's I, evil. He's a. I. I lost my shit because I thought it was so funny. Okay. He's a Yoda. Well, he can take it. No, I get it. I get it. But, like, people didn't like that. But, like, obviously it was played up for humor and to show that, that Stormtroopers are just douchebags. <laughs> yeah, if you punch the cutest thing anyone has ever seen in forever, yeah, they're going to be mad. 
<laughs> um, okay. But if that's the most, like, like backlash she's going to get about that, fine by me. <laughs> fine. Anyway. I, yeah, it just seems like Chris is a little bit on the nihilistic side of yeah. the thing he loves. I will, I'm, about, I'm about to explain, too. When we get into go it. On. Yeah, when go we get it, into yeah. it. Though, when we get into it. Is okay. it time? Is it time? Yeah. yeah. Star Wars Holiday Special. I've been waiting. How long has it been? For years, Chris. This has been in the making for two and a half years. Yeah. Two and a half years. I'm under, the, I'm under the precedent that it, it was Chris's decision from day one. I'm pretty Chris sure it was your Zach. I'm pretty sure it was you. Oh, it's always mine. I'm just a douche. Boom. Of course, Zach was going to take credit was for it. Me? Did you think he was going to do anything else? Nope. <laughs> no, there's no. We have no confirmation unless we go we back. Have and no confirmation unless you go back and listen to the episode, which is on Anchor. Uh, okay. You want to start, or should I? Um, well, I can go into the history of it, or we could go into our reactions first. Do you want to know how this thing came to be? I'm going to go for, like, 20 minutes. So you, for, like, less than 20 so minutes. Mine, straight. Mine's please. not that long. Mine's not that long. Okay, so, <laughs> so here's the deal. Star Wars comes out, big thing, everyone loves it, but it, they don't have Empire lined up for a bit. And Lucas was always interested in the idea of making a TV special. And uh, so he got together with some people and they decided that they were going to work on it. Now, Lucas has said since this has come out that he did not have that much input on it. He just signed some things and allowed him to do some stuff, including use footage, which is not true. He saw dailies and it was his idea from day one to make an entire special about Wookiees. He wanted to put that in the movies, actually. He wanted to have stories about Wookiees, and it was his idea to have the entire film set in the day of the life of Wookiees, which all this special is, is us watching the things that they watch on several different devices to watch things on. VR, a, like a hologram thing, big TV. screen, hidden screen. He got something literally inserted into his brain. Uh, when? With the uh, with the the woman who had the the song VR, no, he did not insert it into a brain. He just put it in the back of a machine, a hair dryer. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it was oh. a hair dryer. Um, so uh, Lucas had a hand in a lot of this. No one enjoyed the uh, the end result of it, but the reason that is is because variety shows were dying. They they chose. Writers who've been writing this art form that died off of at least five years earlier. These are all actors and comedians that were famous in the 50s. And their jobs now were basically to come on these variety shows and do sketches and skits and stuff. Like um, the guy who is uh, the trading post dude, I don't remember his name. That's Art Carney. He's from the Honeymooners and he, that's one of the first sitcoms ever. It was, the, it was a huge hit. It's still funny to this day. B. Arthur was from All in the Family for a couple episodes, then she got mod, and then she was on Golden Girls. Like, she's B. Arthur, she's amazing. And I don't know what Harvey, uh, Harvey whatever has done, and I don't want to know. Whippleman? Thank you. Yeah, his bits are terrible. And I'm sure he was a comedian who was funny one day, but he is not funny in this. The cooking show bit, the computer instructions, 
and the drinking out of his head that stuff like those characters are all terrible and he's terrible in it uh yeah. so yeah all these dying all these like dying off comedians who were just you know they didn't have anywhere else to go but these you know dying art form of variety show headed by writers who did not know the thing they were writing about really and they didn't ask questions and lucas was like have at it do you want clips do you want rights to all of our material and music have at it you want character names have at it you want actors have at it i'll give you the i'll give you the the edge you need to pay them the money to get these actors in none of them wanted to do it and yet lucas gave the go ahead and was like go ahead and do this it's going to be a while before we make empire and uh we need to make something uh it came out nobody liked it nobody uh it was oh it was just reviewed terribly and lucas immediately made sure that all the airing stopped that no video or VHSs came out, but people still taped it. And then it circulated all the way through the 90s, and he has since quoted, yeah, if I had a sledgehammer in the time, I'd find every single one of them and I'd destroy it. But then the internet happened, and now we all know about it. Um, uh, Mark Hamill does not like to uh, talk about it, but he has since learned how to skillfully and jokingly evade questions about it. Uh, he looks so weird because he had just had the accident that hurt his face, the car accident that he had surgery on his face for. So that's, uh, why, he looked like, that's why he looked like a wax figure. Yes, it is. I don't know why his hair is blonde, though. Uh, and I don't know what's up with his eyes. Uh, the whole thing is weird. But they fix it better in Empire when he gets a scratch in the face at the beginning of the movie. Um, they just don't want to do what the holiday special did. Uh, Harrison Ford has claimed never to have seen this. And hates it, doesn't like being asked about it, and he's always a curmudgeon in general. And you can see how much he doesn't want to be there in it. It's very clear that Harrison Ford does not want to be in this. Carrie Fisher um, will, has totally answered questions about it. She's totally joked about it. She's totally talked about her life. She's written several books about her life. And she, the best thing about this is that she asked George Lucas in the early days for a copy of it so that she could play it at parties to get people to leave her house. <laughs> that that's very- funny that's actually uh, really funny she's a funny woman i really do like carrie fisher her she's just read her books her stuff is great um she's, so the, the supposedly the cartoon- from what my 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 sisters told me she's read all her books and like she really looks up to carrie fisher she's like, a great writer. she so, is she's about what she talked about in her life and what she went through she was very open about it and she god like carrie fisher was great just on her own was amazing um really probably the the one who took the most who got the most out of her career post-star place Harrison ford is a great actor sure but like carrie fisher has changed people's lives with her like kind of having people empathize with her um story of uh mental disorder and drug addiction she's she's helped people like for sure uh it's amazing uh so uh uh oh man um uh the music by that band jefferson starship who used to be jefferson airplane and jefferson airplane is amazing but um that song was written specifically for the special. The cartoon was made specifically for the special by the people who would end up making the Ewok shows and the droid shows. Um, uh, let's see. Um, the song was 
written for the movie. Both songs were written for the movie, for the show. B. Arthur didn't know what she was doing necessarily. Um, Carrie Fisher hated the song she sang. There was originally one director who started this, got the B. Arthur thing shot and the cooking special shot, and then he quit. Uh, <laughs> he I read it. that he got the Jefferson Starship scenes shot too. Yes, that was the other one. Sorry. Um, so he he did uh, he did very little before he got fired, and then fired quit. He just didn't want to do it anymore. They got somebody else. That person came in. He had done specials before, and so he just sort of ran whatever. Um, and yeah, that's how this got made. Like Lucas had way more to do with it than he's willing to admit, and that's one of the many reasons why I consider this to be more canon. That people want to, because any uh, just it screams George Lucas weird, it just screams it. It's a mix of George Lucas weird and, and um, bad seventies television, and so it's, apparently it creates this boring, massive shit. Anyway, I'm done. If there's anything you guys want to say, now's the time because I'm about to go. Chris, I mean, I'll hear you. Right. you say. So, there's a small confession in here that I'm going to make soon, but I'm pretty sure you'll catch on. <clears throat> this has been a weird time. Chris, let me ask you. For, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just wanted to throw you off a little bit beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a weird time. As of this writing, a worldwide pandemic has engulfed the Earth quicker than an old Tide Super Bowl ad. During this time, I have been searching for something to do other than school, essential work, or sleeping. Originally, I was going to write about The Rise of Skywalker and dive into its novelization and what it fixes or neglects in the movie, but I quickly realized that several other people of much higher notoriety than me have torn through every page and written word, and I wouldn't be bringing anything new to the table. Besides, who hasn't complained about the movie already, including myself? Interesting. Then I decided to write about God's Not Dead and its aggressive argument of the existence of the Christian God, and its equally as aggressive depiction of atheism and Islam. <laughs> and seeing as I myself am a Christian and hate the movie with almost every fiber of my being for, in my opinion, its misrepresentation of Christian faith, I thought it might be interesting to dissect that beast. It was soon after that I was met with resistance and encouragement, both from the wrong places, and I lost confidence in myself as usual. I'm sorry. We love you, Chris. No, you don't. Sorry. After that, something oh, happened. Oh, oh, don't say that. After that, something happened. As if by some act of God, my story had fallen from heaven and right into my lap and into your ears. On my podcast, we have wheels that spin at the end of each episode, and if we're not in the middle of if we're not in the middle of a movie series, there's the Curiosity Wheel, which contains movies we have either never seen before or haven't seen in a long time. Then there's the good movie wheel, which is self-explanatory. And then there's the bad movie wheel. It contains some of the worst films we could name. Some are so bad it's good, and others are miserable times. Coming off of the heels of watching the movie, a movie called About Time, which is a genuinely wholesome good time and made me cry like, like the water sprinklers outside my window. Alex would be very familiar with those. They are really, really hard to deal with when I'm trying to iron my clothes. In this tree. Coming off the heels of about time, we spun the bad wheel. 
it landed on the Star Wars Holiday Special. For context, we conceived of the Bad Wheel when we wrapped up our inaugural series on the Star Wars saga in early January of 2018. The Holiday Special was one of the first movies on there. Zach, my co-host, that's the guy with the lightning bolt, um, has been begging the wheel to land on it. For nearly two and a half years, the Bad Wheel rejected him, as if it was created for torture, not pleasure. <laughs> and finally, he granted his wish. <laughs> And finally, it granted his wish. So maybe there is some kindness. If that's what you want to call it. I mean, I think it only granted it because I stopped caring about it. I did ask you to yeah. do that. I am expected to tear into this motion... I am expected to tear this motion picture asunder being as I am an enthusiastic Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. That was my theory minute. from day one. Sorry, what? That was my hope and theory from day one. The problem is that I don't feel like it, honestly. This movie didn't really piss me off as a fan, and I think I know why. So here comes the confession. Originally, the plan me and my co-host agreed upon was that we would watch the movie together over Skype, since the episode about Plan Night from Outer Space was less than adequate because I didn't watch it in a group setting. But a few days before today, I got really depressed. Even thinking about Star Wars right now sets me off. We just came off the much-applauded finale of The Clone Wars, which itself is coming off the heels of the aforementioned The Rise of Skywalker. Out of all the Star Wars material that was coming out, The Rise of Skywalker was the thing I was looking forward to the most, even over the, land, even over the Mandalorian. I just wanted spectacle and finality, and I got a rapid-fire dull knockoff of Harry Potter. I liked The Last Jedi, but now that is viewed upon as a sin against the religion that Star Wars has always been. Oh, damn. Because fandom is religion now. You think Christianity is the hottest thing? <laughs> you haven't seen any fandoms out there. Anyway. anyway, The Clone Wars finale was awesome in every conceivable way. But I'm going to be wishing that the movies got the same amount of care. I equate this feeling to when the Minnesota Vikings choke away every single season. But a team you like on the side wins it all. It's nice, but it wasn't my home team in the end. Also... To get real, because I need to get this off my chest, the world has gotten to me. 2020 is canceled. I can't go outside. I can't go to any movie theater in my area. And I am constantly reminded that they won't be around by the time this pandemic has ended. I can't go to any live events like pro wrestling shows or football games. I can't even go to church. Everything is closed. All I am left with is my is my now online schoolwork and my essential job, both of which I am struggling to keep up with. So with all that in mind, I loaded up on about 2,500 calories of McDonald's and watched the Star Wars Christmas special Wednesday night by myself. Wasn't it pizza, though? Oh, oh no, this is Wednesday. Tonight was pizza. Wednesday was McDonald's. You did it by yourself on a Wednesday. Oh, I'm sorry, bro. I'm so sorry. Rough stuff. No wonder you weren't saying anything, you sneaky little bastard. Wow. I'm not offended. I'm just like, go for it, man. What happened? Totally, what happened? It was surreal. Wow. Oh my gosh. You sneaky little. You. All right. Fine. No wonder I couldn't. No wonder I couldn't predict what you were gonna do. It was. It's so like thought out and so specific. There's nothing. All right. Cool. Go for it, man. I'm interested. This movie feels. This movie feels strange almost start to finish. 
From a practical standpoint, this is a window into the life of Chewbacca's family as they prepare for Life Day and await his return, but it takes place smack dab in the middle of the Galactic Civil War, so it pretty much goes as I'd expect. Empire shows up, wrecks shop, then leaves. But it isn't the broad strokes that make the holiday special so infamous. It's the content. Lumpy, Lumpuwaru, in full. You rip this thing apart. You're totally ripping it apart. Go for it, dude. <laughs> Lumpy like watches some kind of interpretive dance that I can only best describe as second-rate Cirque du Soleil, but not even Star Wars? It's just weird. Yep. Mala watches a cooking show that is Martha Stewart, but with four arms and an emotional breakdown, I think. <laughs> like, imagine oh, Bruce Almighty when he's when he just heard that Evan Baxter is getting the anchor anchor spot that he is, and then he breaks down at Niagara Falls. Oh, you remember God. that? I don't. Yes. I, saw, I actually saw. I'm Bruce Cohen from Eyewitness News. Back to you, fuckers. <laughs> That's right. That's what I thought it was. You're hurting! Um, <laughs> That's amazing. That was amazing, Chris. Go on. The old Wookiee that I forgot to refer to as Itchy gets a VR machine that projects a PG-13 pornographic music video. It really is. I was then subsequently disappointed when Itchy comes out of that that when Itchy comes out of that, there is and a massive red rocket between his legs. Very disappointed. You're disappointed? Hmm. Well, logic. You want logic. That's right. You want exactly. things to matter. Yeah. And I want things to... I want to feel something. Um, <laughs> a red rocket. Yeah, got it. An Imperial officer watches another holographic music video of a band that I have never heard of. Jeff, the Jefferson Rockets. Je Jefferson Starship, but at the same time. I, I've never heard this stuff either. There is a cartoon segment halfway through the film that I think was supposed to be real in the context of the film based on the fact that Lumpy watched it as it aired, but the meta element treats it like it's its own thing, like a special oh, presentation within a special presentation. Like it's just a bizarrely animated and edited cartoon for you to enjoy to break things up. I agree, man. Totally. What does it like, mean? It just it felt like... It just, no, no, no. So like to explain, it just felt like the cartoon segment was just like is this supposed to be real? Like, they went from the cockpit. It couldn't have, it couldn't have been real. I didn't think about this because I had lost track because this movie moved so slow. I just lost my place. Um, but, like... I mean, on. it's either one of two things. Either, A, you use some stupid sci-fi explanation like that machine when it, you know, shows things, it shows them warped or something. But really, it's it's an animation of something that might have re happened in real life. So like, if I thought was, it like, was like, happening. No, it wasn't just happening. They were trying to get there to Life Day. I thought they were on their way to go to Life Day. You know, no, not I thought that was a part no, of it. No, 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 no. Huh? Everyone, but that's the thing. Like, like Luke is with R two, and they're doing stuff, and then um, Leia is with. Um, C-3PO and she's doing taxes or something. I don't know. But they, she asked, like, Ma, she's like, where's Chewie? And she, they're like, oh, we don't know. He's not there yet. And they're like, no, he's not there yet. And then Han shows up and then they go do Life Day. But like, the, uh, my guess is Han, Han drops off Chewie and then Han goes to get the ship and then he goes to get the other two and then they all show up for the end of Life Day. The celebration there to all go to the tree. 
But no, my guess is the cartoon is something that happened before. The rebels are heroes, so people made that cartoon and they've been spreading it around as propaganda. Look okay. at the people who were who got away from the best bounty hunter, and like the kid was watching it that as that. But like, yeah, it, I, that's my only way of ex, of explaining it. Like, people are making propaganda about the best fighters of the rebellion, and the kid was watching it, and he was watching okay. that in front of. Him, like, What's this propaganda? That makes sense. But okay, the this is a, it, I know it's a, late, a little late for this. I'm not necessarily trying to rip it apart. I'm just telling you what happened. That's I'm just trying to explain what happened, and like in my own way. I don't know. Like, you know is a joke. I know, I know, but like that was the best way I could explain that. Like, how do you explain that? But you're breaking it down. You're trying to break down what you saw. I love it. Keep going. Lumpy watches a malfunctioning android teach him how to build a mini transmitter, but the video ends. With the android dying, not even halfway through the tutorial, and Lumpy just figures it out himself anyway. <laughs> I know, it's the worst! I'm watching it right now! <laughs> I'm so excited about how terrible it is. Like, this is the funniest part to me. What? The Empire calls all personnel to watch B. Arthur get hit on and sing a song in a Tatooine bar. They are forcing a curfew, and the bar is closed indefinitely, and the occupant's response is to burst into a song. I mean, I think this is really... Here's the thing. They didn't choose to show it. It's a reality show. And they say at the beginning, we're now That's showing... The, okay, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. Like they, but they say, that they say the reason they're doing it. They're showing it so that everyone can know that their life is better than anyone who lives on Tatooine. We're showing you the worst life out there that you could have so that you feel good about the life you have under our thumb, which is insane. No, I'm going to get into that. That is not the reaction I had. I will get to that. Um, and then also, yeah, I, I think it's so weird that nobody's going to, that nobody leaves and then she breaks out into song and then like Pied Piper's them out of the building. Like, they're all idiots. I knew that was from something. I, I couldn't, I couldn't like put a name on it. Anyway, Chewie finally arrives home and they can finally celebrate Life Day, which is a trip to an ethereal plane we're, only the, we're the only people anybody likes in Star Wars these days show up somehow, and Carrie Fisher breaks into song. What did I just watch? She really just starts singing at, every, at people. How weird would that be? You're just like, wow, that's a princess? She's here to say hi? That's super cool. Is she singing? Do I have to shut up now? Are people shushing me? Song sucks. Let's go back to B. Arthur in the bar. This is a perfect like, example of just how surreal this movie is to me. The Empire made it immediately mandatory to watch an episode of a soap opera that takes place. No, no, no. Okay. This is what I, this is how I broke it down. This is how I interpreted what happened. Got it. Made it immediately mandatory to watch an episode of a soap opera that takes place on Tatooine, even though they're on Kashyyyk, where the Empire instilled a curfew, which closes the bar by default. And B. Arthur breaks into song to lure the drunken occupants out of the building. Okay. So. This comes out of nowhere as the Imperials are, in, are searching the premises. They stand there and watch this scene in the bar. They, watch, they stand there and watch this scene in the bar unfold on the TV. They are just as hypnotized by the proceedings as I was watching this movie. B. Arthur leads everyone in a song. This, this is where it gets meta. B. Arthur leads everyone in a song in a fake TV show within a fake world where stormtroopers and 
officers are watching it as propaganda as I look on in the real world with some form of psychosis. Literally, I was drooling. Blank. Um, now, I can't decipher whether or not this was a scripted program where they were a scripted program they were watching because not only did the message of the curfew appear on the TV in Mala's house, but also in the bar on the TV. So this is either a scripted satirical piece of propaganda about nightlife, which sounds ridiculous, or this is a live look inside a real bar going under real curfew, and this is yeah. what they decided to this is what they decided should be the reaction. I am at a complete loss as to this part of the feature. No, it's a reality show. It's a, okay, so it's a that doesn't help. <laughs> no, they say it at the beginning. We now take you to a bar on Tatooine, like a real life bar, day in the life of it, so that you can see it and realize that your life is better. They say they that we're going to shot set that up real well. They shot it exactly the same as they were with the with the freaking with the uh, with everything else outside of it. Like if that bar is a fictional reality, then everything outside of it was shot the exact same way. Okay, so I'm. So I didn't much... know if it was supposed to be a scripted program within the, within the movie. Within this fake movie, and so my brain just broke i didn't know what to think at this point like what was that yeah <laughs> at that point it's pretty confusing like what because it's it's explained in two sentences and then you're watching it and you're like what the f what am i watching like what's going on right now and then and then like this guy's hitting on her and he's like talking about how much he loves he's like grabbing her behind the bar and you're like what is this so i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to it right now and see what it says right i think i okay. got it i'm gonna go on Actually, you know what? Um, actually, let's figure this out real quick. Cause... All right. Uh, it's a woman speaking. Okay, I'm going to figure it out here. Okay. Interesting audio, everyone. All right. They're getting the message from the Empire. It's just bizarre that that's the kind of... I'm sorry. Time now for life on Tatooine. Brought okay. to viewers everywhere in the hope that our own lives are uplifted by the comparison. So it works if it's scripted or not. No, it, it's... This transmission is unrehearsed and unedited. Oh, uh, okay. All right. So, so that can be like, at least we don't live on Tatooine. Okay. Well, it still could have been BS. Uh, anyway. Dude, I think it's... I, I, it doesn't matter. None it of doesn't this matter. Thing. It doesn't matter. No, no. That's bothered me. But they do explain it. It's a reality show. So make sure that people understand. But it's a perfect... It is propaganda. You're right. It is propaganda. It's telling people who live in, like, where the yeah. Republic is... That under the thumb there, it's okay. It's like people who like live in the city and they're like, you know, I don't feel like I'm uh, being, you know, ruled by a dictator. And then you go to the poor areas and you're like, no, they're coming into their houses and they're breaking their kids' toys. Sorry, it's a dictatorship. So this is where, this is where I like, this is where okay, let's keep going. 
You know what? You can apply that kind of meta logic to almost every movie, like a new show, a fake new show within a fake movie, like in the MCU or something like that. So let's rewind further back to the VR machine. This was the point I got hypnotized. The trippy imagery and the seductive words out of Diane Carroll's mouth combined to make something erotically stimulating to an old geezer, Wookiee, like itchy. But to me, this was surrealism. To be clear, I wasn't aroused by this at all. But yeah. this didn't feel like somebody coming up with an idea of what in-universe Star Wars pornography would look like, but more like what somebody actually sees when they sleep at night. Exactly. They're not even the same species. Whoever came up with this is, was experiencing it in real life in their dreams, like a call for belonging or intimacy, and they just had to get it out there, and the Star Wars Christmas special provided the opportunity to do just that. The same goes for the mini transmitter where the guy just feels like he just cannot get through his job and the cooking show lady who is just like pretending to be happy but isn't actually happy or the cartoon which is like somebody is just like or something like that. But what truly makes this movie feel so abstract to me is that all these scenes play out in full. We get almost the entire like cooking segment we get all of that diane carroll song we get all of the jefferson starship song we get that entire scene with b arthur it's all there in full yeah, not a, a single cutaway or interruption well that's the thing that people were supposed to be watching this thing for they were like oh we get to see jefferson starship we get to see diane carroll we get to see acrobatics we get to see like B. Arthur come in and be funny. We can see her like that was the point. That's how you sell a variety show. But nobody was watching variety shows anymore. And then on top of that, it's about a family of Wookies and their day to day life for an hour and a half, and you don't even know what they're saying. So none of it works. So this is where I this is where I like ripped ripped myself out and just like lost my mind. It's like, but okay, so sure they were probably stretching for time. But these scenes are just such weird choices to be put in, as you just explained. I didn't feel like I was watching a cash, a cash grab or a misunderstanding of the Star Wars property, but more like a descent into madness, a dive into the mind of someone losing their mind. Yeah, this, no feels like the, this. this feels like the nightmares of the people who were locked in a writer's room and had to create a 90-minute Star Wars feature on a sitcom budget where the main characters don't speak English and aren't allowed to have subtitles because Wookiees don't have subtitles. <laughs> what? It was pretty much one guy, and his name was Bruce Valanche, and he has admitted that he was on a bunch of coke. <laughs> Speak of the devil. But I next wrote, blame it on drugs if you want, since it was the late 70s, which would explain a lot. Um, but such an, answer, such an answer is just too simple for me. I feel, it seems like it's always drugs. Why does Lumpy walk on a railing when the house is several miles above the ground? Drugs. Why are there long stretches of irrelevant activities such as Mala watching a cooking show, Lumpy watching Cirque du Soleil, and Itchy watching musical abstract PG-13 pornography in VR? Drugs. Why does the Empire think that B. Arthur singing in a bar is essential viewing for its military personnel? Drugs. Well, how did the original trilogy cast cross into the ether to celebrate Life Day with the Wookiee population? Drugs. Money for drugs. <sighs> Money for drugs. Here's the thing. It's a combination of two things. 
Yeah, it's a combination of three things. A, Lucas really wanted the day in the life of the Wookiees, so he didn't want them to leave. B, Bruce Valanche was in a rush to write this. He didn't like that idea. And yeah, he was on coke. But he's like, mostly I just didn't agree with the idea and I didn't know how to not leave this house. So I kept having them look at different sci-fi gadgets. And the third thing is the idea of a variety show in the 70s, period. All these, the idea is old and stupid. No one liked them anymore. The actors and comedians were too old. It was a dying art form written by people who just didn't understand the content that they were watching. So it's all these things that came together at once. Like anyway. it was like the worst people to come to to make a TV special about this. Like, it was wrong. Okay. So, after that spiel about how I think it was too easy, uh, blaming it on drugs was too easy, I was like, okay, John Boyce, a sports writer for SB Nation, whom I've come to admire greatly, he, he is so good at dramatizing sports. It's so... He, he's the best. Um, um, he did a uh, He did a video on a basketball game that ended with a score of 258 to 141. The college basketball game. And he put in clips from the Fury of Achilles, I think is what it's called, 1962. And he was equating it to that because the college that scored 258 points in a single ba basketball game was named Troy State. Um, and he, dude, I'm going to send you the link and you can... He, 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 spit, he spits out a bunch of basketball stuff, but it's, it's such a great, like, video to watch. He's, he's so good. Anyway, um, in that video. That's the thing that I've always respected about sports. I don't like sports. I don't watch sports. But when people talk about that and they talk about the drama and the glory of it, I'm like, no, I get it. I've just never seen it. So if you're showing me that this guy like dramatizes and makes you appreciate what he sees in sports, I'd love it because I think my brother would love it too. So John Boys, sports writer for SG Nation, said it best in a video of his, the same video I just mentioned. We are wandering the streets of the absurd. If we can't make one right turn, then three left turns will send us in the same direction. Okay then. So I. So I yes. Yeah, he's talking about how yeah, insanity is basically doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. Yeah. So. I then go into the backstory that you just went into. 1978, New Hope is a hit, and all the stars and producers on the film are doing additional marketing and probably putting Empire Strikes Back together at the same time. CBS. So this is what this was the version that I that I read. CBS approached. Um, Lucas and his company about a Christmas TV special. Lucas wanted it to be centered around Chewbacca's family with no subtitles and would not budge on it. Nope. The studio brings in a litany of variety show writers and producers and hired director David Akamba, Akamba, Akambe, Harambe, uh, director David Harambe, uh, Lucas's classmate from uh, uh, USC. He did not know how to maneuver a multi-cam setup and had some beef with the producers, so he left after shooting the hologram, band scenes, and a handful of other stuff. Camera, yeah. In comes credited director Steve Bender, Binder, Bender, Steve Bender, um, who's only uh, Futurama joke, sorry, um, whose only affiliation with Lucas or Lucasfilm was a Wookiee Bible he made. 
that detailed the species and its history. That's right, the Wookiee Bible. I forgot about that. Well, there it is. No one knew what they were doing. No one really knew exactly what this new IP was yet. And in trying to make a buck, CBS hires a bunch of people who are not familiar with the property or material to make the film they were making. And we have a recipe of a, uh, for a disaster. Do drugs play a part? Most likely, I guess. You just said it did, and that's disappointing. With something so weird and disjointed where the walls between realities are as paper or as thin as paper, I guess I was hoping for... Th- Hoping for an answer that wasn't so vanilla or something we haven't heard of elsewhere. Nope. Like, same as everything else. So, what did I take away from this? That's a great question. I honestly don't know. Like I said earlier, it didn't piss me off at all as a fan. I mean, if you want me to go into it in terms of how it violates the universe, I could tell you that the Wookiees were enslaved to the Empire after Order 66, both in the Legends universe and in current canon. Hell, in Legends, the Wookiees built the first Death Star. <laughs> and I could tell you about how the stormtroopers hold the hold the E eleven blaster carbine, but let's not. I could probably, I could, and probably should, be the next person in a long line of people to tear the Star Wars Christmas special a new one, of which includes the people who starred in it and the man who created the whole universe. I will I, go as far. Oh, this you did a really fun job. I I will go as far as to say that I never and. I'm serious when I say this. I am absolutely serious. I never, ever in a hundred million years, I know I will, but I got to say it anyway. (laughs) I never, ever want to hear anyone complain about the sequel trilogy ever again. After seeing this, because it never got this low. Never. Never got this low. I should rip it apart and probably just did. But I you did. Just don't have it in me. I like. I don't think it's depression. Chris, for as bad as I think Rise of Skywalker is, and I think it's pretty bad. It's, it's nowhere in the. It's, not it's, even in the it's, same it's, galaxy. Award winner for best picture compared to this. Not even in the same galaxy, dude. No. So. Not even close. It's, so it's I just terrible. don't have it in me as a fan to point out all the little inconsistencies with the universe that this thing has which it does but it just, i don't have an enemy to do that i don't think it's depression because i watched this movie due to me being depressed something inside me just doesn't want to add to the hate in the community or conform to the natural ways rules and regulations of a hardcore star wars of hardcore star wars religious practices hate this love that hate that love this the movie speaks for itself anyway just watch it. <laughs> to me, I didn't... Okay, so officially, as a movie, I did not enjoy watching this movie. I thought it was boring. I found most of the <laughs> action is irrelevant or downright dizzy, except when Han threw the Stormtrooper off the ledge and tossed the gun off with him. That was pretty funny, Carl. He danced him to his death. He shuffled him until the guy jumped off. Right. Um, I thought the decisions made were either baffling, bizarre, or both. I thought the sets were really cheap for a major network TV production. It was only on $1 million, and I can't determine which way that number is adjusted for inflation, but either direction implies money was not used or spent well. And Wookiees with no subtitles is the fatal bullet for me. 
because it creates confusing interactions when English speakers are not immediately within distance of them. But I just don't feel like like hating on it. Like it was bad, but I don't hate this. Um, there's just so much hate on much better things in Star Wars right now that even beating this four and a half decade old corpse makes me uncomfortable. It'll just end as a joke about the sequel trilogy and start another fight about whether or not The Last Jedi was good or not. That's what it's come to, and I'm not here for it. In closing, the Star Wars Christmas special was a freak accident caused by the lack of knowledge of what it was due to it being brand new at the time and the bad decisions made because of it. Also, maybe drugs, too. Star Wars fans (laughs) were... one of the best sentences I've ever heard in a long time. Star Wars fans <laughs> will try and forget this all happened. Um, okay, so... No, 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 I'm not done. Okay. Star Wars fans will try and forget this all happened. But John Favreau remembers, because the titular character of the Mandalorian is clearly derived from this movie's depiction of Boba Fett. Did you notice that, dear reader? That, it's almost comical and takes away from the all-important mystique, for me at least. But hey, The Mandalorian's pretty good. So maybe some good came out of this. Okay, I'm done. Okay. Uh, I would say the one thing that I agree, I agree with everything, but the one thing I disagree with that I have to put on Lucas's shoulders is the idea about the Wookiee family. I never said it wasn't his fault. I'm saying that's why I think I am a little bit more (laughs) upset about it. Because, like, that's just one of those things where I'm like, oh, God, people can't just say no to that guy. They couldn't have said no to him. They couldn't have just, like, made something else. Oh, God. It's just you ride or die on an idea, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And Sometimes you get great movies and sometimes you don't. So, like, it, it wasn't just that people didn't know what they were doing. It's that Lucas stepped up and he's like, I want it just about a day in the life of a Wookiee family. And they're like, okay. Like, if it, they really went into it, they would have put, they would have not put him in a suburban 70s house. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff about it that, that doesn't work. Um, I like to hate on it because I think it's really dumb. I think it's really boring just as a thing that exists. Like, to watch an hour and a half of this on television in the 70s boggles my mind. I I just can't wrap my head around that. None of this is entertaining or good at all. And I think you should hate on that. I think that deserves hate. People, like, watch this and then we're like, yeah, we'll put this on TV for an hour and a half for people to watch. They'll be entertained. No. There's no form of entertainment in this. That's offensive to me. As a Star Wars guy, no, I don't care. I think it's hilarious. Everyone committed to this. Everyone did it. Everyone is a part of this. It's a part of the other stuff. It's like mm-hmm. totally it. I it's it's that's my question to you, buddy. Like, is this canon to you? Because it's canon to me. Watching it again, I'm like, you know what? Everyone's in it. Everyone's there. Shoot, like, 
This is Star Wars, man. They get the they get the they get the space I'm, Nazis that's more Nazi than the movies. Like I'm gonna disappoint you. I'm gonna disappoint I, you. No, you don't I, think I, I, disappointing me would be you saying yes. I'm in the middle. Ooh, that's actually more interesting. This came from the mind of the creator. Right? This, in, he is responsible to varying degrees for this. You saw dailies, dude. He okayed dailies of this. So. But, it, from a, te- like, you know me, from a technical standpoint, this isn't technically canon anymore. So, yes and no. Like, if people are putting Lucas on a pedestal, they better make sure this is on the docket. Right? I'm pretty sure the call is glitching out. (laughs) I'm here. Okay, you're here. Alex, did you just cut out? Because I can't hear you, bud. I think he, uh... He cut out. Oh no. Dang it. We were doing so well. Anyway. <sighs> I'm going to say yes. Until you realize what oh, went into- he's back. Alex, you're going to have to start over. Damn it. Where did I end up? Because I'm, like I said, I was in the, I'm in the middle. It's like, not technically canon, but if they're, if people are going to praise, like Lucas and put him on a pe- and put him on a pedestal. Make sure this is engraved on it. Um. Okay. To me, this is canon. He had every hand in it. But this here's the thing. I'm not. I don't feel bad, or I'm not for, like. I'm glad that you're maybe that's interesting to me. What I'm really impressed by is what you did. What we, what you wrote. A what you wrote. I thought it was well written. B that you you tricked us. That was very sneaky. B. Um. Uh, see, uh, I loved that you did tear it apart, but you didn't do it without anger. You looked at what you saw, and you were like, this sucks. Here's why. Then you looked at what happened, how it was made, and you were like, this is who made it. This is what came together. You know what? These are the pieces that brought it together. And you like, you you did what I strive to do every time we put up a movie on here. Why was it bad? Why was it good? Why is this movie the way it is? Judging something for what it is. Not like, but like, God, there's so many times I'll watch something with my dad and he'll be like, I don't understand what that was. And I'll be like, I don't know either. And then I'll look at my phone and I'll whip it up and I'll tell my dad the background. And he's like, that makes a lot of sense. And we'll, we'll dissect how these choices got made. And you start to see the pattern of where these pieces come together. Who is responsible for what? It took a long time, but people were like, no, George Lucas was at dailies. And he was like, yeah, I kind of oversaw more than just signing a contract every now and then. Yeah, I didn't budge on the working thing, and people were like, you had more to do with this than you think. That's why everybody's there, man. Everybody's a part of it because George was a part of it. They thought, if George is there, then I'm good, right? And then they went there, and they were like, this sucks. In hindsight, I should have realized that. I think it took a lot of people it took a long time. I think a lot of people don't realize that, and I think the, the thing that a lot of people assume with this is that, oh, Lucas just like, didn't care. It's like, every- no. He was there. Everyone. And it was bad. Everyone will hold him accountable for the prequels, as they should. Yes. But, like, I can't. On the research that I did, like, you can't 
leave this out. Nope. When you talk about what George Lucas has done for Star Wars. You can't. In the end, whatever you believe. It doesn't even matter. (laughs) My favorite band. Anyway, um, like, no matter what you may believe about what's said about Lucas's involvement, like, I know different people are going to believe different things. Like, he said okay. On that level, he, he said okay. Fine. Like, okay, go. Make it. Gave, like, gave him, like, rights to the footage. Gave him rights to the cast. And, like, he had involvement. At what degree is up to you, for, is up to everybody to decide for themselves, honestly. But I'm, in terms of its canonicity, it's, it's a maybe for me. It's, it's a, like, I'm in again for if can you hear me yeah okay we can hear you you're good you're good <laughs> we got you guys <sighs> okay now we can't hear you alex <laughs> you're cutting it out no <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah, we can hear you. You're good. Um. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think he had a lot to do with it. I think. Um. There's something about the prequels that's romantic now. Time has been more kind to them. People grew up with them, them nostalgically. I think the story is a story beginning to end. There's arc that arcs that characters have. There's different worlds, different aliens. There's a romantic angle that the people can be like, he really put his heart and soul into that. But there's a logical angle that people can look at and be like, he shouldn't have made him. His focus is in the wrong place and he can't direct actors. And his dialogue is terrible. Somebody else should have made him. And it's just, it's logical now. That's, I don't want to be as like hard on him for those anymore. There are bad movies, but there's merit to them. Um, this is different. Like, why would he not budge on such a weird idea? Why, uh, why would he just be okay? My guess when they talk about dailies is he probably was, like, looking at the dailies of the Wookiees in their life. And was like, these suits are okay. These gadgets are fine. You know, she's got an apron on. There's, you know, Art Carney. Art Carney's funny. He's doing his famous honeymooners bit where someone goes, will you go on with it? Mm-hmm. That's fine. Whatever. It's, it's silly. He's wearing a suit. He's a traitor. Like, you're in the world. I get it. But maybe he was like they were going to put subtitles there. But it makes me wonder. Was somebody like, so what are they saying? And he's like, you read the book. There's no subtitles. You read the Bible. There's no subtitles. Like, what if that was it? Like, this- one decision. One decision would have made all the difference. And somebody made it. And it makes sense that it's him. And you look at the worst of what he's made versus the best of what he's made. That sounds like a George Lucas decision. Um, when I did read about that, I was like, this, when I, like, that fact that, like, Wookiees don't have subtitles. Then I was like, now I am in, I feel like, at, some, at that point, I was like, okay, now I am in that traditionalist mindset. Now I get it. Like, 
Um, like this is the this is the movie we deserve. If we're if we're like if us fans are hell bent on Disney keep like keeping the traditions and tropes and like that stuff and following Lucas's style and vision for like the franchise, then that's the kind of stuff that would that would bother somebody. That would, that would bother people. Like Wookiees having subtitles, that's weird. No, you don't do that. That's not a Star Wars thing to do. I was like, now I get it. Now I like now I got a brief like glimpse into the world of a of a, of a religious fan. Like it, that that's that was just another element that made this whole thing surreal. Like that's insane. This is the movie they deserve. This is the movie they deserve. <laughs> this is the movie we deserve, guys. Okay. Um, the sequel trilogy was a mercy. I mean, the the sequel trilogy is interesting to me because the guy who created it is gone now. He doesn't have hands in what you're making. And you're dealing with a corporate machine that can, is working to get everyone to like what you like, but also deal with some of the most contentious, weird fans, loudest fans that there are out there. And they try to focus on where their money's going to be. Where is all the money going to come from? Is it going to be from those people who continue to buy things, even if we price it as high? Like the people who are going to buy sheets and buy stuff for their kids? Do we want the diehards or do we want everyone, the people of the future? Like it's, they have to put it hand in hand on what's going to make more money. That decision over time has varied. They were confident that J.J. Abrams could make Force Awakens as a sequel and a reboot, and he did. And he posed interesting questions that sounded like the Star Wars we always had. And one of the interesting, most loud complaints about it was it's the same thing that we've had before, plot-wise. And Disney went, fine, we're going to do something different. We're going to change the game because we have the money and we've got them in our pockets now. We're going to bring in an interesting director who's made interesting sci-fi. We've made some of the best episodes of the best television show around right now. And we're going to have them change things up a bit. We're not going to do the same thing. If, if all the answers were supposed to be there by a guy who people complain about his mystery box technique, we're going to flip it on their heads and we're going to do something different. They were excited to do something different because people didn't like the same thing. That's what they heard. That's all they heard. And a guy came in and said, I can do something different really well. And oopsie, that's not what those fans wanted. They wanted the same thing. And so Disney heard the loudest fans and that's what they responded to. And then you get Skywalker and it's just conflicting background from everyone who had control, who didn't. Was it Kathleen Kennedy? Was it the writers? Was it J.J. Abrams? Like, altogether, everyone who made that movie behind the scenes had one goal, and that was to make the people who didn't like the last movie happy. And that, in the end, created a bad movie, both technically and story-wise. And the fans may be okay with it, but no one says they love it. And that's because they can taste it. They can taste that shit. The so, interesting thing about this TV special is no one asked for it. They just gave it to us. And we were like, what the fuck are you doing? And Lucas was like, right, sorry, cool. It's like if you, it's like when you're hanging out with people that you like just became friends with, and then you do something and everyone's like, that's too weird. And you're like, so, too far? Cool, great, sweet. Got it. Empire's coming. Guys, don't worry. I'll do the cool thing later. So... Okay, 
obviously you have to could it be any higher f minus oh this is an this is um h for me <laughs> for hate this is an r this is a q no this is an this f is this is all about f is this, this is the worst thing we have reviewed chris chris that's my question this is nine? a movie that is woman. so bad that has sinned so much that it deserves its own special place in the ninth circle of hell alongside Satan himself for anyone who says they love it. This is barely watchable. There's only there's one moment that I think is genuinely nice, and that's when Mala says hello to the cooking show host on TV. That's super sweet, and I love it. It's great. It's cute. And then uh, I kind of like B. Arthur. I just have watched a lot of Golden Girls, so I love B. Arthur. And so that wins me over a little bit. But I also know it's all very dumb. Um, and I don't like any of it. I wouldn't really watch. I don't like to watch it unless I'm watching it for reasons like this. Or if I'm watching it with a Star Wars fan who's never seen it before and is interested in it. Um, but no, it's an F. It's, not, it's, it's an F minus. Sure, yeah, that's... Yeah, an F minus is less than an F. This is an F minus to me. This is as bad as like, I think there's one thing out there that's the worst thing I've ever seen. I and that's swear you most- give this. This is the first time on the podcast you've given something an F minus. I, you know what? I'm gonna say if I had to watch this or Mano's Hands of Fate again, I think I would watch this because there is technically variety to what's going on, but both of them feel like a drain but they both feel forever and manos i don't know there's something really funny about watching real people do what they do in that movie i think i'm more entertained by manos i think this is worse than that but i think manos hands of fate is the worst movie ever made this isn't even a movie this is a very bad reality show with the framework of a universe that is from movies so it feels cinematic because we're watching something that usually watch movie form and it kind of has the story of a movie but really all we're watching is a bunch of bunch of people watching shit at home just it, they have several devices to watch their things on just like all of us you either watch something on your phone or your computer or your tv we all do it that's fine but i don't want to watch a thing about it especially when all the stuff is just as boring as their lives and in the middle of it, like nazis come in and like wreck stuff and you're like god this is sad your life is sad F minus. Movie's bad. It's very bad. F minus. The funny thing is, I think I've said this multiple times, but uh, old friend uh, Jesse, may he rest in peace. He came up with I. I heard him one time say say to somebody like um, they just did something like really dumb. He's like, dude, sloppy. F (laughs) minus. I was like, that stuck with me. (laughs) So that's that's Jesse. That's Jesse's contribution to our show. Uh, that is from something, but yeah, Jesse, I do remember Jesse saying that. Yeah, listen. All right. Good movie, for the love of God. Do we want to do a good movie or do we want to do a series? No, no, good movie's next. Good movie's next. Then we decide if we do a series or not. Got it. Uh, well, let's decide that before we decide a good movie. Uh, Actually, do- we didn't we decide we were going to do the cycle again? That once we did a good movie, we'd do 
Um, yeah, I would. Lo- I don't want to go to another series again. Okay. Okay. Then okay. that's we'll fine. Go through, we'll go through the ringer again. I'm just so happy that it's not okay, on there anymore. So, so we, we got it all out there. I wrote five okay. pages and 2,500 words on the freaking all. This impressed. Do Super impressed. Thank you. Do we have suggestions for? I might make something more out of that later. Please do. Yeah. Uh, please do, because like I gotta say, man, like. That's that's what I love about movies on what I do with them, to watch you do it too, to have that thing written to just totally surprise us with it. It made all of this worth it, man. I thought you were gonna come into this just like totally just like anxious and like I don't wanna do this. Like and instead you pull that out and it's like you break it down on all fronts, especially how you feel about it in response to what's going on. Like I loved it. It was great. Dude, to- totally proud of you. That was amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Did not see that coming. I did not predict that. You're 110% correct, you sneaky bastard. (laughs) I'm sorry uh, I didn't see it with you guys. I was just in a really bad place. I'm glad that, but no, I wanted you, that's what I've been wanting you to do literally since we started this. Watch it in the middle of the week. Think about it. Put your thoughts together so that when you come to the podcast, you have something to say like that. Loved that, dude. Please. And it was the special, the holiday special that did it. What a twist. What a twist. I, I That was worth two and a half years, in my opinion. I agree. <laughs> I agree. That was absolutely wonderful, dude. Thank you. So I, I, also, I didn't want to give you guys a screaming fit out of me. I mean, oh, I would have enjoyed that, too. Fit. I, I'm going to be honest. I, w- I would have enjoyed that, too, because I would have felt like this earned it. But instead, you get you were better than the special. You said it yourself. I don't hate this. This, uh, this like, has been hated for years. I don't want to be a part of that. That's toxic. Like, you nailed it, dude. You 110% hated it on its fucking head. Like, you did what I always wanted you to do and the thing I never thought you would, and it was the best thing ever. So, like, hats off. Yeah, hats off, Chris. <laughs> All right. All right. So do we have suggestions for the good movie? I was so caught up in this movie, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> let me have to pull something from the uh, backlog. Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah, let's do the I backlog. have a couple suggestions. Um, they're yes. on, they're they're a little bit all over the place though. Uh, I'm thinking. So the first one that I'm thinking, just because I think Chris is ready for this this level of super weird and. Oh, God, don't tell me we're going to have to wait another two and a half years for another disaster. A little while. Well, no, this is a good movie. Oh, it's a good movie. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm so confused. I am not in this He's like, you want to put another disaster on there. Just ask. We replaced it with Teen Wolf. Alex, Alex, call 911 because I'm still (laughs) stuck in the holiday special. (laughs) We'll get out of this, man. We'll get out of this once we find out what we're doing next week. It's very, it's a little weird. It's very dark. Some could say a borderlines horror a little bit. Uh, it is a movie that I know Alex probably loves a lot. It's a movie I love a lot. It's a movie that this girl I went on a date and I still Donnie Darko. What? Donnie Darko. No, no, no. no. Dang it. This is a movie that is a foreign language film. Pan's Labyrinth. Oh my god, you fucker. (laughs) Boom! I beat the pronoun game. Yeah, he got it. I was going to suggest Pan's Labyrinth. That's one of them. Uh, that movie's awesome. Not to be confused with Labyrinth, which is also on here. No, this is Pan's Labyrinth, directed by Guillermo del Toro. I know, but... Uh, um, I don't... Chris, 
have you watched much of Guillermo del Toro's entire catalog? Um, besides Shape of Water, no. Okay. So I this may have seen the... something that he abstractly made that in my younger years, but this is immediate recollection. This is the movie that some argue started it all for his major popularity. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that because I think he has some better movies prior to this, but that's beyond the point. That's one of the suggestions. Uh, another one, I have two other suggestions just because they're so much fun and they're so they're good. Fun. I know. I'm bringing these forward to you guys because I want you guys to know what you guys think. Uh, I've been on this kick and I really want to watch it. Uh, Gladiator. Oh, wow. That has been a while for me. Um, and then the last one is even further away is I, I think it's time because I, I don't think we've watched any of these guys yet. And I really want to watch this movie. And it's been waiting. It's been churning in me. And I just, I know, Chris, I'm sure you've seen this movie, honestly. And if you haven't, Boy, Chris, are you in for the biggest treat? If you I mean, it's more than likely I haven't. That's kind of my reputation. No, I on think this you thing. have seen this because I think you've talked about this movie before. Um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Only because my friends have talked about it. I've never seen it myself. You also, have never Terry... seen the Holy Grail? Nope. Oh, Chris. Chris. Terry Jones just died, too. Oh, who? The guy who directed it. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones both drink. Well, I'm making that your pick because what? we have to. No, we don't. Yes, we do. I got. I think it's the most interesting out of the three. It's it's crazy, Chris, and it's so much fun. And you can't use normal logic with this movie at all. I gotta decide what we're gonna. Ah, you backlog. really backlog backlog. You can't use normal logic with this movie because this movie breaks its own rules. Okay, so while Chris is looking at the backlog, here's my three. Um, uh, but I guess Lash- I got outvoted, and it's gonna be Monty Python, which is fine. I love that movie, and it's 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 very personal. And- this doesn't get this didn't get updated. Hold on. Uh, okay, so I I'm thinking a Silver Linings Playbook. That's a good one. It's a I think it's a good romantic comedy. I think this would respond well to it. Um. Uh, um, a League of Their Own. Oh, all women's films? Own, I think would be amazing. Um, we do need and, more of those. And then, I'm all game for it, man. And Django Unchained. Oh, you just ruined it with the last one. I'm sorry. I'd say, I, I'd say I gotta, Django. I gotta outvote you on this first one. Of all, first of all, Silver Linings are a League of Their Own. I, yeah. am, I am interested more in Django. For obvious reasons. Here's, here's the thing. The Silver Linings Playbook is not... A, it's a romantic comedy that's aimed towards women. Sure, because it's a romance, but it's not her story. It's Bradley Cooper's story. And then the um, Django Unchained, we've, we're done with the Tarantinos we have on there. The next one I think that he would enjoy more would be this before Inglorious Bastards. I don't see any reason in the world he would not like this movie. I think you have to be crazy to like action movies with violence in them and not enjoy this movie. It's oh, no, 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 don't get me wrong. Great movie. Apparently my dad has seen it before I have. Uh-huh. I don't know how you did that. I just want to let you know, Chris, and I... Chris, have you seen Django Unchained? I... No. Oh. So, I Default. just want to... Default! Default to no, 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 Chris, I... 
just calm down, man. I just want to warn you about this movie in particular, is that this movie uses the N-word a lot. <laughs> a lot. Okay. A lot, right. a lot, a lot. And okay. in very, 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 very derogatory ways. Okay. And I'm not saying that you can't handle that, but... Hey, if my dad can, I don't know what... Works. But it's a lot, Chris, and, and people I know. take offense to that kind of stuff. That's what I'm trying to get at. I think, no, I, I get where you're coming from, Zach. I think some people deserve a warning. Chris, I think I think you just need to watch this. It's a perfect hero's journey, but also, yeah, it is unrelenting. All right, then Django it is. In what it is. But, I mean, I also got to say, uh, Silver Lines Planet was the be- was the least one, I think. I'll get to that one day. But A League of Their Own. Have you ever seen or heard of that? Oh, uh, was it the Tom uh, Hanks softball movie? No. It's not. Okay. He is the thing that most people remember because he's the only male in the cast, but it's about how a bunch of women took over the major league baseball after the men went to war. I'm so sorry. It, that's the only thing I remember uh, like out of that. Like I just saw Tom Hanks in baseball. I'm like, oh. well, the, difference, the difference between this and say silver lining, silver lining's playbook is that this is a movie about women written by women directed by a woman. It also happens to have Tom Hanks coaching women, but it's like Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, Gina Davis, Lori Petty, like the list Didn't goes on. Didn't recognize any of those people at the time. I only caught like the last ten minutes, ten minutes of it on cable when I was a kid. One of those movies when all the old women are like, "Oh, that's me." <laughs> yeah. So basically, them reminiscing about a movie you had. No, just seen. like the tail end of a game that Tom Hanks was involved in. Um, I just only recognized Tom Hanks. If I knew any of those women, I would have recognized him. It's a genuinely great summer movie. It's a genuinely great sports movie, and it's Penny Marshall's best film, and she's made some good stuff. Uh, but yes, I knew we would have to get to Django at one point and considering what it is, how much fun it is. Okay. And we're going to be going through this. And would you rather this. do, which one would you rather do then? If it I was think, your choice. I think we should move on to Django and then, um, I think a league of their own can maybe be a curiosity decision one day too. Cause I okay. haven't seen it in a bit. Um, it's been a long while since I've, I've seen it myself. I'm going to so. try to like gear towards more. I'll put it on the good catalog with an asterisk. It's a good, it's a great one. Like, that's the great thing that we, like, the more I'm thinking of these, like, that's, we narrow down our choices when we do these wheels. One of these movies is going to get on there. So we have to backlog them all. Like, so yeah, next time I'll just make sure to go to the backlog instead of continuously adding one. But, um, their own is definitely a film made by a woman starring women that should be enjoyed and viewed by everyone. I think it's Penny Marshall's best movie. Zach, what were your other two? My other two? Yeah. Uh, Pan's Labyrinth and Gladiator. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, I thought it was on the. I thought Pan's Labyrinth was on the Curiosity Wheel, but I, it's not. And... Oh, they just. Sorry, one more time. What was the last one? What? Gladiator. 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 Like Joaquin Phoenix's first. Like, I have heard that pretty described. big movie. <laughs> I have heard that described as the worst movie to win a Best Picture. No, no, okay. not even close. I would say Green Book it's, is in that. A, I mean, it's not now. <laughs> Crash is probably the worst modern day one, but there's like Journey. Uh, there's like um, one about a circus, Journey Around the World, Major Gaze. 
there's other ones that have won that people were like, eh, th- that there were better stuff from that. Like hindsight always helps. But no, Gladiator is not a bad movie. It's a good time. Actually, really fun. Not gonna lie. So, it also has like a really great ending. You want to talk about summer movies? You want to talk about nostalgia? When I first started at a uh, Willow Creek Theater, one of the first movies that I remember being there was The Nice Guys. So that's my pick. I'm nostalgic. Oh my I god, see the nice dude! Guys. I was actually thinking about that earlier. I was like, "Oh my god, we got a oh, dude." You don't have to. You like? That's great. Yeah. Django because I, I, I have never I've only seen it in bits and pieces when I worked there, so now I really ba- want to see it. It's basically Kiss Kiss Bang Bang again, but with Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe and Sharper because he's already made that movie. All right, share screen. It's great. Love nice guys. Love nice guys. All right, so we got Django, we got Monty Python's The Holy Grail, and The Nice Guys. What guys finished left? Uh oh. Here we go. It is. Yeah, it's The Nice Guys. Yes. Exciting. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Love The Nice Guys. Love that movie. Shane Black. The other two. Take The Nice Guys off. Backlog. Add Django Unchained, not to be confused with Django <laughs> Fat. <laughs> well, Django is spelled with a D, not a J. The, yeah, exactly. The whole is, the D is silent. Yeah, that's not how you spell Google. Well, it, it's pronounced Django. All oh, right. Dude. So, on the good movie wheel as it stands right now. Got lots of good stuff. Looper. Yep. Clueless. Love it. Road to Perdition. Fun movie. Good choice. The Fifth Element. Actually, one of my favorite sci-fi movies ever, and it just, like, as, it's been getting this weird resurgence as of late on, like, YouTube. I keep seeing, like, old clips of it for some reason. Yeah, it's past its 20-year date, I think. That's hilarious, but that movie's awesome. Anyways. Goodwill Hunting. Yep. Heat. Yep. Mm-hmm. Troll Hunter. God, I wanted to hit Troll Hunter. That movie is ridiculous. Just because it's a summer movie. I can't wait. Independence Day. Yes. The first one. Yes! It's the greatest blockbuster ever made. It's um, not, no. Yeah, no, it's not. David <laughs> Bowie's Labyrinth. Great movie. <laughs> Jim Henson's Labyrinth. Jim yeah. Henson's Labyrinth. I More Jim Henson than David Bowie's. <laughs> I just know him for David Bowie. I just know the movie for David Bowie. Chris, I'm going to tell you a secret. If we hit Labyrinth, I'm gonna lecture you like in a college lecture setting about Jim Henson because Jim Henson, without Jim Henson, we wouldn't have Yoda. Let's go with that. Of course, you wouldn't have uh, Frank Oz. We wouldn't have Frank Oz. We wouldn't have Yoda. We wouldn't have Star Wars as we know it without Jim Henson. Jim Henson. You... One could say Can Jim I... Henson is the father of Star Wars. Truthfully, no. George no. Lucas. He's more like the uncle that offered a lot. The weird uncle. Yeah, the uh, weird no, uncle. No, not the weird uncle. Wait, wait, wait. Let me say this. Zach, did you ever watch the Defunct Lands six episode piece on Jim Henson? So six more movies. Yes, I did in middle school. I uh No, 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 no. It, what? No, no, no. This is like this came out like last year. Oh no, no, I didn't. You, then I didn't Dude, if you love Jim Henson, do yourself a favor. This was one of the best things I found last year. Of all, like movies, television called? shows, period. 
there's a series on YouTube, a page, I mean a channel, it's called Defunct Land. All they do... All oh, the yes! I've seen bits, I've okay. seen a few videos of these. So they're really good. Nowadays they're amazing, but like they started out as making videos about theme park rides and theme parks that no longer exist. Like they're defunct Disneyland's or something like that. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see. I see it. That looks awesome. Okay. So like he made a six episode series on Jim Henson. It is, I was fucking bawling by the end, Zach. Every episode is about the TV shows he worked on. So the first one is Sam and Friends. And it goes Sesame Street. Then it moves on to like uh, Muppet Show, Muppet Babies. It ends though with what you think is going to be a '90s show that he produced that did not do well, and he wasn't doing well at the time, and it isn't really like going well for anyone. But really, it's about when he died, and they produced a one-hour funeral for TV that all these people came and celebrated, including puppeteers, Muppeteers who would do the Muppets and sing. Like it, it. I was crying dude it is one of the best things i have ever seen about jim henson ever period end of story please watch it if you love him please anybody watch this it's one of my I, favorite things ever. i probably will do because like honest to god i have both as a film critic and as someone who loves films i have so much mad respect for jim henson i mean that right. man that Six man more movies that man no seriously dude that man, you could say, has had never had a larger influence on the way sci-fi, fantasy, anything in modern pop culture that involves a non-human character. You could say every aspect of it originates from Jim Henson in some form, in some way, shape, or form. You can you can look at it. I mean, it's just you look at it, and it's very Jim Henson. I mean. You can tell that there are directors who saw that and was like, "All right, that person got that from that. Who got it from that? Who got that from that? Who got it from Jim Henson?" Like it deserves to be in the same conversation as like Lucas or yeah. Spielberg or anyone who's like made world building. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, Henson, exactly. Please, one please could say this. Jim Henson is the father of modern the 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 father of the modern avant garde of sci fi. That's what I would tell. No, I, I wouldn't say that. I don't know about that, but he certainly, I, I, I would just, I, I, Muppet, certainly when it comes to puppeteering in general, and when it comes to Dark Crystal and Labyrinth, those two movies are amazing, but he's admitted that a lot of that is due to the people that he hired and the artists that he brought along and the people that he cultivated. Like, yes. he was a genius about what he produced, but also who he, um, trained and, and, yeah. and who he, like, gave chances to. He believed in people. And when he stopped believing in himself, like so a lot of those ideas kind of died. And that's why it's so sad to see the Muppets where they are today. But like a, two Disney shows that are going nowhere. Like they don't, nothing is on the production list except the fact that they're supposed to be being made now. Like the Disney is just ruining them. And it sucks. But like, dude, just watch that. Just please watch it. I, I tell everyone about it. It's so good. Okay. <laughs> I forget. I I mistook the fact that Labyrinth is known for David Bowie for it's actually for Jim Henson, and then it leads me to just sit here and let you guys go off. How about Jim Henson? So now I gotta start over. Because Jim Henson's amazing. Looper, Clueless, Road to Perdition, Fifth Element, Goodwill Hunting, Heat, Troll Hunter, Independence Day, Labyrinth, Gangs of New York. Yes. Minority Report, because this wheel these wheels love Spielberg. 
You put that there. I did. Um, Night of the Hunter. Yes. The Rock. Yes, I just watched that a little bit the other day. I love The Rock. Argo. Eh. Oh, brother, where art thou? Please. That is my choice today. I want Oh Brother Where Art Thou more than anything else right now. Which means you won't land on it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Goodwill is kind of like nicer, so maybe. It's I mean, nice every now and then. All I've right. never, never landed on the thing that I've absolutely wanted it to land on. But I gotta be honest, I've had a good night tonight, so I'm feeling good. Spinning in three, two, one. Oh, man, it was so close. Damn. It's a good one. The next movie we will be... Oh, my God. It's just... It's, now it's just hitting me. The next movie that we will be reviewing on the Maestro Movie Podcast, everybody, is... It's Argo. It's Argo. Damn it, Zach. You oh, paid me back. Come on. All right. <laughs> fine. That's fine. I forgot you could see. That's the whole reason. Argo. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what else you. I don't know why you're building that up for anything. It's, it's just Argo. <laughs> just Ben Affleck. <laughs> well, as favorite Ben Affleck movie. <laughs> well, actually, I think you would probably have you heard of the one he came out earlier this year. That's not, that one. People really like that. Uh, the way back. Yeah, people really I, like. I thought about it, but it, like, I don't think that's the one I was. I don't think that was my cup of tea. Why? Um. Hmm, that's a good question. Actually, never really thought about. it. I was just like, nah, not, not interested. I never really asked myself why. Hmm. Because I guess I wasn't in. I guess I wasn't in the right, like, way for our like a heartthrob like that. Like like a real, like a. Uh, Movie that just rips your heart out, like Kali Ma. Um, well, I feel like it. It seems like I don't know. I, I mean, his best directed movie. How about that? I wouldn't even necessarily agree with that. I, I, that's what I'm thinking. I don't. I mean, yeah, people do. Um, let's see. What else has he done? Gone Baby Gone, The Town. Why do I say these things? <laughs> I think Argo is his best directed film. Yeah, because I haven't seen The Way Back. It's just... He I didn't mean, direct The Way Back. Gavin O'Connor did. Really? Yeah. The guy directed uh, The Accountant. Oh, then I'm less enthusiastic to see that then. Mm. I wasn't a huge fan of The Accountant. I mean, he's probably great in it, and if I'm ever in the mood to watch a good Ben Affleck performance, then it sounds like that's the way to go. Um, but, yeah, I've never... I remember watching Argo and being like, yeah, this is okay. I, I remember loving this movie, so... Okay. Right. See you about that. It's not like we're watching anything bad. It's the Goodwill, so there you go. It's yeah. not the holiday special, everyone. You don't have to dread that movie ever coming up again. No. No, dude, that was totally worth it, man. Totally worth it. Love the love. That felt that felt really good. Anyway, um so yeah, everyone. Argo. We're all so excited. Yeah, dude, the holiday yeah. specials 
over and gone with, Chris. You don't have to ever think about it again if you don't want to. Why do you keep talking about it then? Because we're still in the episode and I still got to mention it to the last second. Then we get it all out. Get it all out. Chris, Chris, you never, ever, ever need to worry about it coming back up again. I mean, it will come up again. It'll sure. come up again, but under a different context. Oh, absolutely, but like not in yeah, the, the context, context of thing. that we ever Aren't have to you? watch ever again. You've seen all the canon. You've seen all the movies. I've seen everything. All right. Bon voyage, Star Wars holiday special. Until I do something with that five-page essay I just wrote. Um, yeah. Happy Life Day. Happy life to everyone. We will see you make next sure, time. Make sure you guys make it in time for lunch today, because we're, we're coming. Outside for cheer and love and trees. Time for me to take drugs. Hashtag release the David Acomba cut.